Hello, hello. Remember on Sesame Street when you were a kid, it would say, today's episode is brought to you by a letter and a number. As I recorded the intro to this podcast, I couldn't help but think of that because today's episode just has so many threes. This is the Find Your Tove podcast. It's the very last episode of season three. There's that first three. This season has been called A Line, and we've talked about the four looks, and we've talked about the Shema, but this one is episode 33. See that? Even more threes? And I'm calling this one Work From Rest. One of the things we do here on the Find Your Tove podcast is we practice Sabbath. One of the reasons is you can't see if you don't Sabbath. The four looks started in my personal practice as I was trying to figure out how to do this Sabbath thing. Here's what it looked like in my life. My Friday. And I say my Friday because Friday's the beginning of Sabbath. In the Eastern world, the day begins at night. So Sabbath day or Saturday starts at sunset on Friday. And so my Friday... And it's not about a literal day here. My Friday for years was actually Thursday night because Sunday was my Monday. I know that's probably super confusing, but if you're in the restaurant industry and you just call yourself in the industry, you know what I'm talking about because your Sabbath is on Monday. Sunday brunch is your Friday. We're not as a culture as big on having the same days off as other cultures are. So that's why I say your Friday. So on my Friday, here's what I'd do. I'd look down and I'd ask the question, where am I? Where am I physically? Where am I emotionally? Where am I mentally? Where am I spiritually? Where am I relationally? And then I'd look back and I'd ask, what happened? I do this on my Friday because it would determine how I rested. This is what I'm talking about. If I looked down and physically I was exhausted, I'd look back and ask, how'd I get exhausted? There were some weeks that I was exhausted because I was just going nonstop and pushing so hard. And so Sabbath rest... That's what it would look like. A deep breath, trying to sleep in, cuddling up on the couch in front of a fireplace and reading a book. Those would be my rest activities if I looked down, was exhausted, and looked back and realized that exhaustion was from pushing really hard. There were other weeks I would look down And I was exhausted. But when I looked back, it was because I hadn't exercised all week. My body was rebelling against me because I hadn't been giving it the exercise that it needed. And so that day, I'd set my alarm early, like crazy early. Sometimes 4 a.m. and I'd get up and I'd go on a long, slow, relaxing jog. Oh, that for me was so life-giving, so relaxing. I'd look down and see where I was. There were other times where I looked down and physically, I was doing good. I wasn't exhausted. I was energized. 
And so I wouldn't spend as much time on physical rest as I would on emotional rest. I would rejuvenate relationships with the ones I loved. These four looks, they started with trying to figure out Sabbath. And as we try to figure out Sabbath, if this isn't something that you've practiced, here's what I've learned. At first, I had to rest from work. And somewhere along the line, I started working from rest. If you're like most people I talk to, you haven't practiced Sabbath. You're so used to running, running, running. You have to learn to rest from work. That's the first step. Then somewhere along the line, you will start learning how to work from rest. That's when I added the look up. Look onward became something I did on Monday morning. So here's the deal. In my life, I started practicing Sabbath in 2004. So it's been almost 20 years of practicing Sabbath. Honestly, I'm still learning. That's what I love about that word, practicing Sabbath. We joke in my family. People say they're practicing medicine. And that's because they haven't mastered it yet. Remember that the next time you go to your doctor. They're still practicing. We practice things that can't be mastered. You practice a sport. Why? Because in a sport, you'll never master the game. You can practice golf your entire life and keep getting better, keep learning, keep improving your game. We practice things that we can keep getting better. People use words like that. They practice meditation. They practice yoga. I practice Sabbath. What that means is I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I haven't mastered it yet. Oh, if you're learning to rest, I hope you find solace in that. I hope you find some peace in that. I want to encourage you to start your practice. Step one is to learn how to rest from work. Rest from work is so much about detox. In this season, we've talked about the Shema, that greatest commandment. And here's what it says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and then Jesus adds mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Sabbath is one of those ways where we learn to love God, love our neighbor, but catch this, love yourself. In the Bible, love is defined this way. Love is patient. As you're learning to Sabbath, be patient with yourself. You're not going to get it right away. Love is patient. Love is kind. As you're learning to Sabbath, as you're learning to give yourself a break, learn how to be kind with yourself. Why do I bring this up? Love is patient. Love is kind. Because we're up against something here. Some people have named it hustle culture. And I remember... The first time I was introduced, and maybe I should say the first time I fell in love with hustle culture. I'll be honest with you. There is a dopamine hit. You can study the neurology of this. Here's what it looked like for me in eighth grade. This was a Saturday. From 7 a.m. to 11 a.m., I was in a musical rehearsal. I still remember this. I was in the 1890 Musical Review. We were in the gym at Unity Lutheran School. I don't remember my part, but I remember that I had practice. Also remember that that day, 
I had a soccer game. And the soccer game was at noon. The coach wanted us there at noon. We'd warm up for about an hour and a half, and then we'd play the game from 1.30 to 3. The thing was, the soccer game was an hour away. And I remember looking at the calendar going, this is a Saturday. I've got to get up, be somewhere by 7 o'clock, ready to go, go until 11 o'clock, get in the car and drive an hour. If we hit traffic, if we don't make something, I'm going to be there late and coach is going to be mad at me. I'm going to play a soccer game. Then at 3 o'clock, I drive an hour back. I can take a quick shower. Then at 5 o'clock, I had a good friend's birthday party. That birthday party, it was one of these where even if I didn't want to go, even if I knew I was exhausted, I had to go because that's where everybody was. Man, I still remember both the anxiety and the stress of trying to figure out that weekend and at the same time, the energy it gave me. At 9 o'clock, I went home, I crashed. And pay attention to the words we use. When we're resting from work, a lot of times we use words like crash. Can you think of a time where crash is a good thing, where crash is a life-giving thing? If somebody's in a car crash or a bicycle crash, nobody's like, oh, that was good. That's something I want. But so often our language around rest is words that are charged that way. But that night I went home, I crashed, and my pastor had asked me to acolyte for the 8 a.m. service. That was my introduction to hustle culture. And it happened to me in eighth grade. When I got home from acolyting that day, I had to do all my homework for the whole weekend on Sunday afternoon. And then I was back at it on Monday. I shared that story at a high school youth gathering years ago. One of the kids came up to me afterwards and said, my school has added zero period. There is a period at school now that's zero period. Classes start at 7.30, but zero period starts at 6. That way you can get ahead, you can do more. How many of you, when you look at your schedule, you just need to take a break and you know it? To follow the way of Jesus means to practice Sabbath. In the Bible, as the children of Israel were leaving slavery in Egypt, God gave them ten commandments. There's tons more commandments in the Bible, but there were ten commandments that are often referred to. And here's one of them. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. On it you shall do no work, neither you, nor your neighbor, nor your ox, nor your donkey. A day where not only you rest, but your neighbor rests. That your life-giving rest not only gives life to you, but it overflows to your neighbor, to your spouse, to your family, to your children. Doesn't that sound amazing? And that's a commandment. In 2004, when I learned to practice Sabbath, I was in Sheffield, England, sitting on the floor of a friend's house. He said, Americans only have nine commandments. Stop and think of your life, especially if you're a religious person, if you're a churchgoer. What happens if your pastor is going nonstop and not taking a Sabbath? 
They're rewarded. They're given a raise. They're given a pat on the back. What if they broke one of the other commandments? Can you imagine? It's the only commandment that we reward rather than going, hold on, there's something wrong there. In fact, there's so much a stigma around it that when you keep the Sabbath, especially if you've never done it before, you're going to experience some shame. You're going to experience some depression. You're going to not know what to do with yourself. So I want to encourage you, think of it like a detox. Maybe at first it's just easy like a Sunday morning. That was a song. It used to be a thing. Nowadays, not as many people easy like Sunday morning. Maybe to start Sabbath, for a month or six weeks, you take one day and all you say is, I'm going to take it easy like a Sunday morning. I'm not going to schedule anything before noon. Maybe you need a detox like that. Maybe that's what it looks like to be patient with yourself, to be kind to yourself, to love yourself as you learn to step into this commandment. Somewhere along the line, stretch it out. Maybe the next step is going, hey, I'm not going to schedule anything before three in the afternoon. Maybe you do that for a month or two. And then what's it look like to take a whole day? To one day a week, take a literal Sabbath. Somewhere along the line, you'll learn to rest from work. Truly rest from work. And a weird phenomenon goes on when that happens. All of a sudden, you cease finding your identity in what you produce. You cease finding your identity in what you do. And you start to find your identity in who you are. Or the way my mom said it, in whose you are. Every time I'd leave the house as a kid, and this was true for me, it was true for my brothers and my sister, my mom would say, remember whose you are. When we build our identity in how much we do, how much we produce, how hard we push, we're always striving after something we can never achieve. When we press pause one day a week and we're reminded that our identity is in whose we are, that the God who created the world keeps the world going even without my help. And that very God already loves me, already loves you fully and perfectly. See, at that point, you move from resting from work into on Sabbath looking up finding yourself engulfed, enveloped in a bigger story. When you find yourself looking up and enveloped in that bigger story, then you move into working from rest, working from who you are and whose you are. Oh, it gets so good. So that's looking at the weekly rhythm of a Sabbath. And there's going to be some other points where it's not just a weekly rhythm. This week, in the Christian church, it's Holy Week. In the Jewish tradition, it's Passover. Those two usually fall really close to each other because Jesus started his journey to the cross on Passover. Passover, they'd take a whole week and rest. We need those weeks of seasonal rest. 
there's times where you're transitioning from one thing to another and you need to press pause and catch your breath and recalibrate and remember whose you are and who you are for just a little bit longer. You've probably heard that there's a little transition going on with me. As far as Brother Dog, it's still going on. This podcast will come back sometime in May. We're going to come back with season four. The coaching will continue. If there is a way I can come alongside you and walk with you as you learn to find your Tove and live your Tove, I would be so thrilled to do that. Brother Dog is going to be going on and continuing. The board of directors is still on board and excited. We're talking about doing some really cool stuff that I can't wait until it comes to fruition. And I'm getting to serve a church again. There's a church in Hermitage, Tennessee. It's 10 minutes from the airport. So if you're flying into Nashville, come on over to Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Hermitage, Tennessee. They're going to let me be their senior pastor. They're an amazing group of people. We're going to have a lot of fun. Who knows the adventures we're going to get up to. April 30th, I'm going to be installed there as their senior pastor. I'm super, super excited to be doing the pastor thing again. And I'll be doing Brother Dog. So life is going to be full. But because of that, I'm going to take a little breather here for a few weeks. Recalibrate. Do some stuff to nourish my soul before I step into the next season. So I will see you back here in late May or early June. We'll do this podcast thing again. But my hope for you is this, that you continue to align, that you continue to step into Sabbath. And when you step into Sabbath, you can see your tove and say your tove and separate your tove out. Because the fact is the world needs your tove. If you don't live your tove part of creation is left undone. And I just don't want to live in that world. I want you to live your tove. And as you learn to live your tove, grace and peace.